just uh, sorry we couldn't crash more cars today. We didn't fill the quota for the day for uh, Talladega and NASCAR. If we haven't crashed at least 50% of the field by the end of the race, we need to extend the race till we at least crash 50% of the cars because it's it's not fair to these fans for them to not see any more wrecks than that and more poor cars. I mean, we, we still had over half the cars running and it's, uh, it shouldn't be that way. I think we ought to just tape them off solid and run them until they blow up anyway. I think it would make it a lot more exciting for the fans. I mean, they deserve to see us run 500 miles and you know, like I said, if we don't crash half of the field by the end of the race, they, need to, they really need to extend it because I mean that's what that's what the fans want. They want to see that excitement. And I feel I feel bad that as drivers we couldn't do a better job of crashing enough cars for them today. No, I'm so upset. I'm upset that we didn't crash more cars. Right. I mean I feel like the I feel <laughs> like that's what that's what we need. You know that's what we're here for. I mean and I feel bad if I don't spend at least $150,000 in tour up race cars going back to the shop. So uh, we definitely got to do a better job of that. And I had a blast. I mean I just. It would have been a lot more fun if I could have got caught up in one more wreck. If I could have done that, it would have been perfect. I mean, I think if we could make it a figure eight, it'd be perfect. It would absolutely be perfect here. It'd be better than what we got. in the middle of your home for all things racing me thomas brandon and my man keith bradley keith how's What's it going up? yep how good. are you and as you guys just heard that was uh that was our man tony stewart back in oh, 2012 after talladega talking about restrictor plate racing and he uh definitely looked like a prophet this last weekend at uh at daytona it was uh, a crazy crazy race and we're gonna dive He's a time into traveler. It. yes exactly he he could see the future so we're gonna dive into all of the craziness that happened at daytona and break down the upcoming playoffs as we've got our 16 drivers set it's gonna be a nascar heavy heavy day not much else going on in the world of race i mean we got some dirt stuff that's always happening but f1 started back up it was fairly boring max verstappen started 14th and by lap 15 he was in first it was just he's so dominant right now it's it's ridiculous um it's almost scary it, it makes me wonder if we're starting to get into another mercedes michael schumacher type run where we're just going to see domination for six seven years I'm, I'm hoping not but that's the way it's looking right now so but anyway so we got a lot of nascar stuff to cover but before we dive into that we got a one thing we got to do real quick keith we were just talking about it before the show but the listeners got to hear happy birthday to you Thank you. Appreciate it. So tell everyone, how old are you now? A big whopping 32 years old. 32. Well, yeah, you're not quite where I'm at yet. I'm 39. So I, re I remember 32. 32, I was, uh, let's see, my I, I had just, I think I had just got engaged to my wife. My son was two years old, so... Like I had just turned 30, I think, right when my son was born. I was 29 or 30. I can't remember. But uh yeah, so I I was only I was only a couple of years into really having my my shit together. <laughs> my, my uh last last two years of high school and then all through my twenties was a real was a real disaster. So so uh thirties have actually been kind of kind of my high water mark. But uh, anything anything special planned for the birthday? Are you guys doing anything? Going out, anything like that? 
Uh, me and the wife, we're going to go out to eat for dinner tonight. Um, outside of that, not really. I mean, just another day. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's how I am with my birthdays. It's, you know, it's funny. My father-in-law's birthday is today also. It's his birthday today, too. Awesome. Yeah. Well, happy birthday to him. I know. I'll tell, I'll tell Chima happy birthday for you. So, yeah. But, uh, how was your, how was your weekend? That was pretty good. I hadn't been on vacation from work so been doing a lot of relaxing taking it easy that's good that's that's really good um i uh i pretty much had the exact opposite of relaxing this last weekend (laughs) it was the 180 degree opposite man Uh, we had so friday night i was doing um a live stream and i had I had heard my phone go off, you know, beeping and my phone, I have my phone turned on, um, to, uh, what's it called? Uh, do not disturb. Okay. So basically on, on your phones nowadays, right? There's all these different things that you can set to where you can like turn it off. Do not disturb. You can turn it on to basically like private. Like there's like a private setting where essentially you can pick the only people who can get a hold of you. Right. So if like, if I want to make it to where the only one that can get through to me is my wife, right? Like I can set that on my phone. And so I have it set on do not disturb because ever since, um, I, ever since my business got to a decent size online with the social media stuff. So ever since we got to like, I don't know, like probably like 2,000, 1,500, 2,000 people ever since then, because of course, back then when I started it, like I wasn't thinking about having separate accounts or anything like that. Like I just started everything with the stuff that I had already going, right? Like I wasn't like planning ahead, you know, I never intended on having a business. So, um, everything's like linked together. And so I will get like 500 notifications a day. And then I will literally get probably close to a dozen spam calls a week, like legit spam where it's like, Hey, your, um, business account is, uh, is showing uh, a negative balance. Please call us to fix. And I'm like, I don't have an account with, you know, just stuff like that, where they're just trying to get information, trying to get your crap. You know what I mean? And so I turned my phone on, uh, do not disturb. So none of the, I don't hear any of that stuff, right? And when it's on, do not disturb, unless you are a contact in my phone, it doesn't even make noise. It'll show that, Hey, you've got missed calls or Hey, you got these missed messages, but it doesn't make any noise. Cause that's my thing. I can go on there and just swipe, you know, swipe at it and just delete it all. I just don't want to hear it going off constantly. Well, during the live stream, I had heard it a couple of times and I was like, I wonder who's getting a hold of me because anybody who that I would talk to consistently knew that I was live, that I was doing a session. And so I got done with it and I looked and I would had a message from my cousin up in Washington, Shelby. And for her to message me out of the blue, what's your phone number? I was like, damn it, something's wrong. And I walked out and my as soon as I walked out, my mom gets a hold of me and she's like, hey, Aunt Penny called Grandma Joe's in the hospital. She's got just a couple days to live is what the doctors are saying. So it was like, son of a bitch. Now, my Grandma Joe, she was 87 years old and she was actually doing really good. I just talked to I say I say not long ago, but it was probably two months ago. And, um, you know, because she and she lives up in Washington, which is I'm down in California. She's up in Washington. So, you know, we talked probably 
four times a year, five times a year. And, um, you know, we go up and see her every couple of years, that type of thing. And so I was like, all right, well, I went out, I talked to my wife, my kids. I was, my, my wife's like, do you want to go? I'm like, yeah, I got to get up there. I'm like, I got to get up there. I need to, I need to see her. I want to say goodbye. And so I was going to drive and my wife's like, I don't want you driving up there all through the night. Cause it's like, it's like a 10 hour drive. And so she's like, let's just find a plane ticket, get you flown up there. And so that was Friday. So Saturday I hopped on a plane, flew up to Washington and then was up in, up in Washington until Tuesday. And so, and of course, Saturday before I left, like I had all this work that I had to get done before I left for, for my business and stuff like that. You know, I couldn't just leave it and be, you know, tell all the, all the clients, Hey guys, sorry, i catch you next week. Right. Like, you know, so I had to get all this stuff done. So by the time I got back on Tuesday, I was like, even though it was good to see everybody and stuff like that. And, and I was absolutely exhausted and I've been playing catch up ever since. And the crazy thing is, is I'm going back up there in, um, like 10 days uh, a little less than, or no, 10 days where we're, I'm, I'm going back up on the 12th. So yes, house cleaning notes, you guys, I will remind you next week, but, um, uh, the 15th, we will not that, that week we won't have a pod just because I will be gone. I'll be up in Washington for my grandma's funeral. So we won't have a pod that week, but, but yeah, so just chaos, man, just one of those things. And it just, you know, it happened when it happens, it, it's just like, all right, we got to deal with it. And it's just been kind of nonstop ever since. So, so yeah, that was my, that was my weekend. So I'm looking forward, I'm looking forward to a few weeks when I can, I can do what you did and just relax. <laughs> Sometimes it's needed. Some yes. R and R. Definitely. Definitely. So we we're probably gonna, we were talking about going up to the cabin. Um, we have a, a cabin that's like, like a legit cabin where it's like four walls, you know, a floor and a roof. Like that's it. Like there's no electricity, anything like that. Like we, we stop, we have to use, you know, oil lamps and stuff like that. Like it's, it's, I love it. It's really cool, but we'll probably go up there into September beginning of October. You know, when we go up there to close it up for the winter, we'll go up there for a few days and just kind of unplug decompress. So looking forward to that. It'll be a lot of fun, but anyway, so speaking of chaos this last weekend, uh, good segue into the NASCAR race at Daytona. So if you guys love chaos, you got your money's worth, um, on Sunday because this was the epitome of chaos. Keith, did you get to see the race? I did. I did. Yeah. So I saw parts of it. Like I said, I was up in Washington, so I saw parts of it when, when the, the, when the delay came, I was like, all right, I I'm going to have to watch this later. Cause I couldn't sit around and wait. I was just too busy, but I went back and watched it and my goodness, um, it was nonstop from the beginning. Um, and we got we're gonna we got some stuff we're gonna cover in hit or miss, but before we get to that, what did you Keith? I want to know what you thought of Martin Truex Jr. Uh, them 
I want to know what you thought of Martin Truex Jr. and Ryan Blaney because Ryan Blaney got lucky. He ended up getting in. You know, uh, for those of you guys who don't know, Kurt Busch did his waiver. He is not going to be in the playoffs. Um, in fact, uh, I believe there Bubba Wallace is going to be running the number forty-five. If I'm if I'm remembering correctly, yeah, yeah, he's going to drive the yeah, he's going to drive the number forty-five car for the owner standings for the owners points, which is which is a, a genius idea. I mean, that's definitely good. Um, but Kurt Busch is not going to be running in the playoffs. They don't know when he's going to be back. I'm actually, I'll be surprised if he's back at all this year. Um, I think he wants to I do next year. Back. Yeah. I think he wants to do next year. And um, it, it reminds me of what we saw with Dale Earnhardt Jr. A few years ago where you know it's just when you start getting those concussions man it's it there's there's no there's no timetable that's set in stone you know when you when those things start happening like that there's there's nothing you can do you know it just no. it can last for for months months so so yeah blaney ended up getting in but i want to know what did you think of blaney's strategy and true extra strategy because it almost bit Blaney in the ass early on in the race. Yeah, I um if I was Blaney, I don't think I would have been as aggressive as he was because I felt like Truex Jr. took the smarter approach in hopes to be there at the end, and then unfortunately he got caught up in one of the melee crashes. But yeah. uh, I just I think Ryan was a little little too aggressive. It about bit him in the ass. Um I mean, fortunately, he was able to get off the damaged vehicle policy um, and just survived. That's about all he could hope for. And if I was him, I'd be going to thank Austin Dillon. Yeah. Yep. Me too. Yeah, because Austin Dillon, um, you know, winning that race, it, it, you know, Blaney got in. Um, Truex, you know, he had a little spat there with his crew chief after that wreck. He said we shouldn't even have been been in, been in that situation been there um you know it sounded like there was uh some some conf conflicting thoughts in terms of yeah. their strategy yeah that kind of that, that brought me by surprise yeah i was surprised like it, to hear that it was like martin cared and then the crew chief just fuck it i don't care yeah well not only that but then he was like shut up we're fine you know what i mean yeah. like it was and i and look i get it you know, and in in context is always a really big thing. Of course, I only heard those clips. I haven't heard the entire radio communication between them, and I don't know how those guys usually talk. You know, to one another. Um, you know, one of the greatest examples of this of all time is if you were to go listen to Dale Earnhardt Jr. and the Yuris back in the day, you would think those two had knife fights at after races, right? The way that they yelled and screamed at each other, but that was how they just talked to one another. Like that's that's what they did. Um, so I don't know if Truex and his crew chief have got that kind of relationship where they're, that's how they talk to one another. I don't know if there's something wrong. I, I don't know, but it seemed like they each had a kind of a, a difference of opinion in terms of their strategy. You know, it's really easy to say, and I understand Truex saying this, it's really easy after stuff happens to go, damn it, we shouldn't have been there, right? Hindsight's 2020, you know, had there not been a wreck and it worked, then it would have been a genius call. So I, I understand it from both sides. 
Um, but I'm with you on Blaney. I thought he was a little too aggressive in the beginning. I didn't see the reason for him to be up there. You knew going into the race that everybody was, you know what I mean? Like if you were somebody that did not have a win and had a shot to get in, right? If it was win and you're in, they were going to be pushing it. They were going to be aggressive because at that point, you've got nothing to lose if you're one of those guys. Uh, I don't know if Blaney went into the race with the mindset of, look, I want to I want to win my way in. I don't just want to back in by points. I don't know if that was the thought process behind it. You know, last year, that's what happened. He won that last race and got in, but it almost bit him in the ass. And, you know, luckily uh, they were able to get that car <laughs> back together up to speed and were actually out there to just survive the war of attrition and it was a oh. war of attrition because and we lost what was it 50 percent of the field <laughs> you know what i mean it was crazy i'm looking at it now and from 17th to 37th did not finish the race yeah that's insane and the only car inside the top 10 every car inside the top 10 was on the lead lap and what really helped Ryan was all them crashes that took out a bunch of them strong cars. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because if not, I think we're having a different conversation. Yeah. Yeah, because he was able to get, he was able to finish 15th and his yeah. car was not good. Mangled. Yeah. Yep, exactly. <laughs> don't and know how they got it fixed to continue, but hats I, off to them. Guys. Yeah, I don't know how they were able to maintain the minimum speed at Daytona, you know? With their car, because no, they were way off the pace. Yeah, you can tell by looking at it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it, it's heartbreaking for Truex Jr. You know what I mean? For them to get through everything, battle back the way that they did, finish eighth, and it not be enough like that. That's a bummer. That sucked. But you know, it's just it. It's Daytona. It's restrictor plate racing, and it's just the way that it is you know what i mean it's just chaos we knew going in it was going to be chaotic it was um you know and at the end of the day austin Dillon got the win and uh you know finds himself in the playoffs and we're we've got our 16 drivers now and it's time to time to get this thing part get this thing started right get the party started this next week at darlington yeah and and i think this race is going to be as exciting Yes, I do. I, you know, I, I think the playoff format, I, I was having this conversation actually on, um, Friday on my live stream with a bunch of people. We had about, oh, probably like 40 people on the live stream and we were actually talking about the Daytona race, what we thought and you know, the, the NASCAR playoffs, the point standings, the format, you know, um, should they, should they keep it the way that it is? Should it go back to the way it used to be? Stuff like that. And I've always been a proponent of the uh, the way that things used to be. Right. I'm I'm always gonna have. I'm always gonna favor what it was when I was growing up because that's what I grew up. That's we always romanticize the past. This is a this is an absolute 100% fact. Every human being on earth does this. They've done studies on, there was a study that was done where they took people, sent them on vacation to like Hawaii or something like that. And it was like two dozen people. And there was couples, single people, just all kinds of stuff. Sent them on vacation for like a week, 10 days, something like that. And three times a day, they talked to 
you know, the, the people who were running this study, right? Doctors, assistants, whatever. And each time during the day, you know, it's basically like breakfast, lunch, dinner. They would ask him a series of questions. How was your morning? What did you do today? Are you having a good time? How are you feeling? Stuff like that. All right. And then after they do this for the 10 days, then when they come back, they wait a full week after the vacation. And then they ask him, how was the trip? And like 95% of them had a, you know, awesome time, right? Oh, it was great. I loved it. We had so much fun. But when you look at their responses during the trip, you would have thought that they weren't having fun or that they were miserable, right? Ah, today kind of sucked. I didn't make it here. I missed out on breakfast. Oh, the food that I had wasn't very good, right? Like there was a bunch of negatives. And that's the way we all look at stuff, right? I mean, you look at ex NBA players, right? Like they talk about, you know, their their day, right? Nobody could play with them, right? There's no way that Steph Curry could play in the 90s, right? Like that's what they talk. That's how we are all with everything that we romanticize. I'm the same way. That being said, the playoff stuff that they have now, right? The, the, the rounds and every, I like it. It does make it exciting. It does make it interesting. I do like the fact that they have, you got to try to win, right? You win and you move on, right? Especially now you win, you're in, you're going to that next round. I like that. You know, yes, I love the original way. Um, I am not a fan of the stages. I don't like that, but you know, with the playoff format, stuff like that, I like that. And it's going to be exciting because you know, I think there's a legitimate eight to 10 drivers that could legitimately win this championship. And I would not be shocked if they did. I completely agree. Yeah. Completely so, agree. So it's going to be exciting. So we're going to be diving into that. We got a bunch of stuff that we're going to cover with hit or miss breaking down the playoffs. Who's going to be our final four, all of that. And that will be coming up right after this break. All right, so let's dive into our hit or miss portion of the podcast. And we've got a few of them. We've only got four of them today, but there'll be some in-depth conversations on them, I'm pretty sure, because like we said, a lot of, lot of stuff happening this last week at Daytona and, of course, going into the playoffs. So, Keith, first one. Hit or miss, as the last man into the playoffs, Austin Dillon will make it through the round of 16. Does that hit the mark or miss the mark? I'm going to say it misses the mark. I agree. I just, they, they haven't really shown me a whole lot. I consider their win at Daytona as lucky. Yes. Only because there's, I'd say, five to six legitimate cars that could have won at the end there. Just not enough help to to push. Um, that three car has just, it's been up and down. It's like a big, big storm in the ocean, up mm -hmm. and down. Um, yeah. He could be really good or he could be really bad or he could be right in the middle. And I think he's going to be in the middle. Um, that, that three has consistently been not nearly as good as the cars in the playoffs. No, it I has he's not. Probably one of the worst cars in the playoffs, unfortunately, and that's no takeaway from Austin Dillon. Um, I just I don't see them going through. I'm with you 100. Um, you know, Austin Dillon's win at Daytona. You're absolutely right. There was a lot of luck involved. Now that being said, 
a win in, in NASCAR is a win. Yes. You've always yeah. got to have luck at those tracks. And not only that, but you have to put yourself in the right position to be lucky. So, you know, hats off to him at the end of the day, right? Two, three years from now, no one's going to look back at that. And they're going to be like, Oh, that was that time. Remember that when, you know, like nobody does that, right? Like it's a win. So, you know, hats off to him, but I'm with you. Um, when you look at Austin Dillon's season so far, he is the epitome of average, right? His average start is basically, if you round up, it's 20th, it's 19.8. His average uh, finish is 16.7. Okay, like his average position during the race, 18.7. His pass differential is minus 189. That means he's been passed 189 more times than he's passed. Okay, so he he's just a, he's a midfield driver, right? Like that's just where he's at now putting yourself in those situations and being able to capitalize when the opportunity presents itself is, you know, you've got to be able to do that, right? You, you got to be able to do that. But considering the fact that he has led only 18 laps this season. And I mean, how many of them were in Daytona? You know what I mean? Like all of them, like, so I just, I don't see him getting through the round of 16. Now, if, the you know next two races were Talladega and Daytona then maybe but you know that's not the case and these next couple tracks coming up we've got Darlington we've got Kansas we've got Bristol uh you know those are not tracks that he's known for for you know being historically good at that doesn't mean he can't be but he just hasn't he doesn't have the the track record to prove it. So I'm with you. I don't think he's going to, um, to get through the round of 16, you know, awesome job getting to this point, but I don't see it lasting, uh, much longer. No, no, I, I don't either. And if, if you, if you look at his average finish for the year, it's 16.7. Yeah. I just, I don't think that's going to get it done. I mean, the same could be said about Tyler Reddick or Denny Hamlin, but they have consistently been pretty fast at most places. Um, yes, they have shown speed. They have shown legitimate speed. Yeah, and and Austin might have been a little more consistent than the eight, but the eight's always faster than the three. I yes. just I don't see it. I don't see Austin Dillon advancing. Yep. Nope. I'm with you 100. percent All right. So next one. Speaking of the eight. After pushing Austin Dillon to the win, Tyler Reddick shows that he is a bigger man than car owner Richard Childress. Hit the mark or miss the mark? I think it hits the mark. I'm with you there, too. I I think it does, Um, especially after the stuff that has came out about Richard throwing him under the bus ever since the new deal's been announced. Yeah, Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of stuff that's been said. Lot of but stuff. you know, he, he did the same thing with Kevin Harvick when he decided he wanted to leave, and then he did the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is Richard operates like it's still 1998, and you just can't, you can't. Yeah, those do that days are today. gone. Yeah, those and, days are gone. 
and I think that was uh, I think that was a uh, a Tyler Reddick saying you can take it and shove it. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, man. You know the those days. Uh, and, and look, Richard, he's from the old school. He's been in NASCAR for a very long time. And look, back in those days, that's how it was, right? Uh, Daryl Waltrip tells a story about Junior Johnson where like some guy, some some dude that was like a friend, like did something that Junior didn't like. And Daryl's like, what happened to him? Junior's like, he died. He's like, he did? How? He died. He's gone. Well, he didn't die. He just, Junior just like, he was done with him. Like, that's just, yep. you do you do something wrong and I don't like it and there you go. And, you know, I'm not saying Richard's that extreme, but that's, that's he's from that era. That's how they did things, right? It's just, it's just, you know, sorry, you, I well, I don't like that. You're screwing me. Bye-bye. Like, I'm going to just throw you under the bus. And it sucks because Tyler Reddick's a damn good race car driver. Yes. Um, he put a lot of boost back into rcr because i think a lot of it left when harvick left the team Mm -hmm. um they've never really had a true number one guy and for some reason richard won't take his blinders off i mean he treated harvick like shit his last year there um i recall on the radio there was a couple of times where richard was like just shut your mouth and drive the car yeah so yep i i think if i was tyler reddick i would have moved Austin Dillon out of the way to win the race to, to really put the dagger. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's so I'm with you. Cause I mean, for, for as someone who has been known to hold a grudge, I'm definitely guilty of that. Um, I, uh, if I was in Tyler Reddick's position, that would have been tempting. I don't think I would have though, just because of the point in the season at which we are at, right? Like now here's the deal. If it was, you know, let's say week 30, right? We've only got two races left. Then I might've gone, I might do something like that, right? Yeah. Move them out the way, get the win. And as I'm making my lap around the track with the checkered flag, um, you know, give him the one finger salute. Like I, I, I could do something like that, you know, but I, I could see where Reddick wouldn't want to do that. He's still, he's got the playoffs. His goal is obviously to win, to win a championship. And, you know, you don't want to, don't want to make things any more toxic than they already are. (laughs) Yeah, And the, the only reason why I say that is because there's a rumor circulating that he may end up kicking Tyler Reddick to the curb at the end of the year. That's yes. That has been said. Um, there was an anonymous source that came out about that. Uh, that apparently works in RCR um, is on the team and has stated that Richard Childress wants him gone as soon as possible. I mean, I've even heard that RCR is making a big push to try to get Kyle Bush. I don't know yeah. if that'll happen, but well, that's and, what and I've heard. Not, not to get off the beaten path, but here's the thing. If you can't, and you're not willing to pay Tyler Reddick, you're not willing to pay Kevin Harvick of the world. Yeah. That fuck makes you think you're going to pay Kyle Bush. Yeah, exactly. He's way more than Tyler Reddick. Way I mean, more. I mean, yeah, Kyle's came out and said, I'll take something cheaper. But what kind of statement are you putting out by going and, and doing that? Yeah. Knowing that you came out and was like, I just can't, I can't pay Tyler the money that he's got. But I'll, I'll pay Austin anything he wants. Yeah. Don't, don't make any freaking sense to me. But no, it doesn't. And it's, it's for that reason. Not the finest. Yep. And for that reason, he's losing a hell of a driver who is not even in his prime yet. So, nope. yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a bummer, bummer on their part. All right. Next one. So 
NASCAR's handling of the race during the weather conditions was an absolute joke. Hit the mark or miss the mark? It hits the mark. I yes. mean, how, how are you going to allow cars to go into turn four at 190 plus and expect them to not wreck? In it, the draft, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> they are legitimately on top of each other. Especially knowing that Kyle, Kyle, that Kurt Busch is sitting at, at home watching because of concussion protocols. That happened in qualifying. A yeah. single car crash. Mm-hmm. And, and and now you're going to send them off into turn four with the, ah, fuck it. Who cares? Wet track. Then, yeah, weather coming in. I, yeah, and, and there was a fan that got a video right before the crash happened. It was raining on the front straightaway. Yeah. Well, it that's the thing. I don't know how they could miss that, right? I don't know how they could miss that. And, you know, I've heard some other people talking about, well, they need to have different spotters around the track. You need to have people. When you have a track that size, it is very easy to have one side of the track, right? Rain in turn two and not in turn four. Right? Oh, we see it Rain. at Pocono. Yeah, all the time, right? Stuff on the back stretch and not on the front stretch, right? When you have a track that big, because that track is huge, right? Two and a half mile track, it is. He has an enormous facility. So I don't care if you need to have weather sensors around the entire, you know, structure, right? Like put them out around the parking lot. I don't know. I don't hire a meteorologist. I don't know, but you can't do that. And no. especially now, like you said, you've got Kurt Busch at home in the concussion protocol. Bubba Wallace got hit on a bump draft and it knocked the wind out of him, right? Yep. For whatever reason with these cars, and I'm sure that they'll, you know, this off season, we'll see some changes made to it in terms of, you know, whether it's the, the crush zones and stuff like that. I would hope. Yes. But for whatever reason, when these guys take a hit and it doesn't even have to be that hard, it they're They are the ones taking it. The car is not absorbing the energy the way that they had hoped. So you can't have these guys go barreling off into the corner, right? 190 miles per hour in a pack with rain. Like you just can't do it. You just well, can't do and, it. And if, if you're going to have spotters, at least spread them out. Yeah. Cause I think they had them. They had them on the exit of three and four or on the exit of four and the exit of, or in the entry of one. And then the pace car, what the hell's the pace car being a spotter for? Because yeah. for one, the rain is going to come from the turn four area. Mm-hmm. He ain't doing no good at the end of pit road behind a wall. No, exactly. Have, have your parking lot ten- attendants help out with all that. Yeah, something. I mean, it's very simple. Something. I mean, they somebody could have really got hurt. I mean, Denny Hamlin's missing the Xfinity race at Darlington because of it. Because yep. he said he still has soreness in his neck and his back and his hips from the wreck on Sunday. That is asinine there's yeah. no reason for it if you're gonna hype these guys up as the best auto racers in the world treat them like it yes exactly yeah don't send them out there don't send them out there go and barreling into the corner in the draft and it's wet that, that crash sunday was inexcusable yeah it was and it led to the finish that we had you know what i mean it was just yeah. it was horrible it reminded me of the all-star race from 2001 where they said all oh, the tracks dry and they sent them out there and they went barreling off into turn one and yeah. half the pool wreck. Yeah. And, it and then they finally threw the dry. red flag and was like, our apologies. It's wet. We're going to allow you guys to go to backup cars. Yeah. Yep. It just shit like that shouldn't happen. No, it shouldn't. And you think they, it's, you know, that's only, that was only 21 years. You think they would have learned their lesson by now, but right. unfortunately they haven't. And, and as a multi-billion dollar company. Yes. 
that's trying to that's trying to to you know do a new tv deal right that is going to basically lay the foundation for the future of the sport you cannot have that kind of product on the television consistently now i get it this is a bit of a of an outlier because it's daytona because it's plate racing and stuff like that but still nevertheless right you can't have them doing that at darlington even at 100 going into the corner at 130 right it can't or, happen. or even a crystal yeah exactly it just can't happen so yeah they need to get that you know but get that stuff figured out get your I, house I, in order I, nascar yeah i feel like they're planning some some wet if wet weather was to happen because at the tire test that they held at martinsville they actually practiced with the rain tire and soaked martinsville down yes yep i i heard I, that i don't know why i really don't because if the drivers complain about the rain on the road courses not being able to see what makes it a good idea on an oval yeah exactly man those cars are it's just it's so different than you know a gt3 car or an f1 car an indy car you know the those nascars it's just so different to run those things in that kind of track conditions than the open wheel ones it's it's so different yeah. Yeah. i mean these cars ain't meant to be on in the rain anyway no they're not not at all so all right next one we've got our fourth and final hit or miss with the most wins and the best average finish during the regular season Chase Elliott is the hands-on favorite to win the championship. Hit the mark or miss the mark? I mean, you can't say that it misses the mark, but yeah, it definitely hits the mark. I mean, he's he's got the momentum on his side. He's got the average finishes on his side. He's got the wins. I mean, everything shows him as the odds-on favorite to win the championship. So I'd say it hits the mark, but I, I for the life of me, I don't think he'll truly win it no you don't no i'm gonna say it hits the mark for the question but i think it's gonna come down to phoenix and i just i don't know well that's a good segue so who do you have as your final four going into the championship at phoenix who's your final four um I'm going to I'm going to put Chase um Kyle Larson Denny Hamlin and uh I'm I'm going to throw this one out there just because I think I think they're they're on a roll right now. I think Kevin Harvick will make the final four. Okay. All right. I'm going to I'm going to type this so I don't forget. So we have Chase Elliott, Elliott, Larson, Hamlin, and Harvick. Okay. I actually like a couple of those. I agree with you uh, on a, a couple of them. Um, for me, I've got... I've got Chase Elliott. I think Chase Elliott's going to make the final four. I think Denny Hamlin's going to make the final four. Then I actually think, I know this is going to sound so shocking to people after all the stuff we said, but I think, I think Ross is going to make the final four. 
Something is telling me that he's going to make the final four. I don't know why. I don't know if it's my mind playing tricks on me, but I think Chastain will make the final four. And then I actually think Blaney's going to make it too. I do. I think Blaney's going to get a win here early on. I think he's going to make the final four, and it's going to come down to Hamlin, Blaney, Blaney, Chastain, and Elliott in the final four. That's, I that's like what it. I think. Yeah. Um, I just... I had Chastain penciled in, then I realized that he's wrecked about everybody in the playoffs. He has. I, he I has. Don't see, I see him making it to the 12 and out of the 12 to the 8. I don't see him making it out of the 8 just because of that reason. Because you're going to have some guys that are going to be out of the playoffs that he has fucked over. Yes. No, you're right about that. You're absolutely right. Um, I really... I. One of the things that I really like is the the tracks that are coming up are tracks that he does well at. And I agree with that. He's had he's had very you know when you look at Darlington, Kansas, right, Texas, he's done well at those tracks. Talladega, um, you know, he's always showed speed at the road courses, whether it's a Roval or a road course, right? With we got the Charlotte Roval. you know, I just, I, he's had speed at those tracks. I think he's, you know, those, we've got quite a few of the mile and a halfs, right? With Vegas and Texas. And although Texas is, you know, kind of a makeshift mile and a half with that crap turn one that they got, but, yeah. um, you know, but Kansas Homestead. Um, so he's, you know, he's shown speed, man. He's had, he has shown speed. He's been on a little bit of a, of a slump the last few weeks. Part of that is, you know, not being able to get out of his own way. But when the dude's on, God dang it, he's on, man. And I don't know what, there's just something telling me that he's going to be there. And I think that there would be, I think one of the greatest storylines ever would be going into the last race at Phoenix and two of your final four are Ross Chastain and Denny Hamlin. I just think that would be amazing. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm almost I'm, wishing that into existence. I think. I think that's. I'm what gonna I'm go trying down to, do. to the uh, to the local sports betting, and I'm gonna put some money on Denny to win it because yeah. I think he he definitely wrecked Justin for. Yes. Him. Oh God. Yes. So that being said, with your final four, who do you think is gonna walk away with the championship? Um, and I just like I said, they since they've scrapped the idea of the old car and they started focusing more on the new car mm-hmm. and they're, they've found some, a lot of speed out of, out of the four. I think if Kevin Harvick makes it to the final four, he's going to be tough at Phoenix. That's one of his best tracks on the schedule. Um, he he ran always does really, well there. He ran really good there this year. Um, and, and then I think Chase Briscoe will help him at Phoenix with the new car because, I mean, of course, Chase, I'm not going to say he dominated, but he dominated the last 40 laps of that race. Yes. And, and Harvick, I think, finished in the top five or the top ten, one of those two. But I, I just, I feel like ever since Rodney came out and said they, they stopped trying to do stuff to the car that, that they used to do with the old car, mm-hmm. Harvick's found a lot of speed. The car's been fast. Hell, they were fast at Daytona. And I, I just, it's hard to not bet against him because he's always backed in a corner. 
Yes. And he finds a way to get out of that corner. And I think it starts at Darlington. I think he's going to win at Darlington and that's just going to propel him forward through the next three rounds. That it wouldn't shock me to see Kevin Harvick win the championship. It really would not shock me. No. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I, my sentimental favorite is Denny Hamlin. I, I would love to see Denny Hamlin win yes. the championship. You know, I really would. Um, I, I would be happy if Harvick got another one too, to be honest with you. I mean, there's a bunch of these guys I would, you know, I would be happy to see win a championship. Um, I would be happy. I would even be happy to see Chase Elliott win another one. Like, you know, there's a bunch of these guys, like if they won, I would be perfectly yeah. happy with it, you know? Yep. But I mean, I would just out of everybody, I really would like to see Hamlin finally get that championship. And, you know? and I almost, I almost feel like if Denny was to win the championship this year, I think he'd almost retire. That wouldn't shock me. Him, uh, him and Harvick both. If one, of, if that happened right out yeah. on the sun, you know, right out sunset. Because that's what he he said it on the Stacking Pennies podcast. I think that he would prefer to go out on the sunset, and not to yeah. go out not on the sunset. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, um, not go out broken. You know, I I think he if he was to do that, I think he'd put on definitely going to be putting on the owner's hat and have more of a a say in the day-to-day operations over there. And then he would be able to focus solely on ownership, but who knows? I, I don't think it, I don't think it's his time to retire, whether he wins the championship or not him or Harvick. I think they both have a lot left in the tank. Yeah. I think they still got, they still got a lot of good racing left. I don't know. I, I mean, Harvick's got, a, Harvick's got one more year in him at least. I would say Danny's got two. probably two or three. Yeah. So, cause I, and I base Harvick's off of um, Eric Almirola because Eric's coming back mm-hmm. to run two more years. And I feel like Kevin's got way more in the tank than Eric. Yep. I mean, consistently on the racetrack, he's always beating the 10. So Yeah, exactly. Yep. So we'll see what happens. This first week, obviously, is going to be a big one at Darlington. You know, it's a very, very tough track. Um, the race that we had there earlier in the season obviously you know was good these cars have done have done well on these speedways right these bigger tracks uh you know darlington's what 1.2 1.3 something like that you know it's obviously you know back in the day it was a huge speedway but um you know now compared to to some tracks it's like a short track but these cars have raced pretty well there. I do think that we'll see, you know, a lot of the same guys who ran well there before. I think we'll see them up front again. Uh, you know, Joey Logano won there earlier in the year. Tyler Reddick was second, but you know, Harvick was in the top five. Chase Elliott, Christopher Bell, you know, even um Austin Dillon and Daniel Suarez were in the top ten. So, you know, a lot of the guys that are in the playoffs. You know, they they had a good run there at Darlington. And then the next week at Kansas, you know, I, I these next two races are going to really set the they're really going to set the stage, um, not just for the round of 16, I think, but for the the playoffs in general, because those two tracks are such a. They're such a uh, to me, they they're such a good um, measuring stick in terms of speed and how you're going to perform the rest of these playoffs, right? When you look at the types of tracks they are, 
you have to have obviously you have to have speed there you have to have the the arrow figured out but you've also got to have the handling the grip the strategy all that stuff it plays a plays a role at those tracks and and they're going to be a good measuring stick to see where these guys are at and uh yeah i'm looking forward to it, it should be a lot of fun man i i gotta be honest i have not been this excited about the playoffs probably ever like last year i was I pretty agree. excited about it just because I, I really wanted to see Kyle Larson win the championship, you know, having, having, you know, raced go-karts against him as a kid, right? So, I mean, seeing him literally come up as a kid from, you know, just 30 minutes away from where I'm at right now, and then to see him have the season he had last year and then end up winning the championship, like, that was really cool. I was really excited to see that. But this season, this year, I'm just excited just because it's exciting, just because it's been a, it's been a, a very uh it's been a very exciting season obviously we've had moments where it's it's been shitty right i mean you know we like i'm not looking forward to them shifting gears constantly at martinsville and stuff like that you know like we've had there's been the negatives but overall it's been a it's been a good season considering where we were at this time last year with the next gen car um, and where we're at now, it's pretty incredible the season that we've had so far. And I agree. I think this is one of the the better seasons that we've had as far as excitement goes. I mean, I I can't think of the last time we've had an exciting season like this. Um, it's definitely been overdue. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think this is the first time NASCAR has had the playoffs where there isn't one single person that you can't say, well, he's going to win the championship just because there's a big question mark. Nobody yep. knows. I mean, even the Vegas odds, they don't really know. Nope. I, I just, I think it could go either one way. We could see a guy run away with it or we could see a surprise. And I think we're going to see the surprise more than we are the guy that's going to run away from it. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, even, even um, when you look at, you know, uh, Chase Elliott, right? I mean, he is essentially the favorite right now to win the championship, but he's not, I mean, it's not like he has been dominating this season. You know what I mean? He's got four wins on the year, Like he's got four. He doesn't have 10. He's got four, right? There's a bunch of people who've got two. I mean, you can make the case that Ryan Blaney should have two or three wins on the season, right? Especially early on in the season, if it wasn't for all that bad luck. So, I mean, even as the quote unquote favorite, there's no, I mean, there's no guarantee that he's going to be the winner. And if you look at the odds on it, I mean, it's not like, it's not like he's a minus 500. I mean, this isn't Mike Tyson versus Buster Douglas favorites, right? Like this is, this is a very tight contested um, playoff going into it. You know, you've got like the ones we talked about before, you've got your, your ones that are favored more than others, but overall there's a lot, a lot of people um, that, or I should say a lot of drivers that could, that could win this championship and it would not be a shock at all. No, I completely agree with that. I really do. Because if you, we've not really seen a, a true dominant performance yet, I don't think I could be totally wrong. I just, I, I don't know. I can't sit and say, well, I think Chase is definitely going to win the championship just because I, man, I really don't know. Yeah. It could, I could name 16 of the guys in there and make a point of they could win it. Well, they could win it. 
other than I don't I think the only one that's going to have a hard time winning the championship this year or even making it out of the first round is Austin Dillon. I think he's the only yes. one that I say ah, I don't think so. And, and and I could throw Alex Bowman in there too. Yes, they've but, really fallen off big time. But fortunately, the 48's been faster than the 3 every week. But I mean you you can't sit down and 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 pick just one driver. I mean, no, uh-uh. you, you can, you can, but I, I just, I have a hard time picking just a favorite. Yep. Yep. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. All right. So before we wrap up today's show, we got to do our goat of the week. Uh, Keith, do you have a goat of the week? Um, yeah, my, my goat of the week and and he didn't necessarily win anything, mm-hmm. but I, I got to say Robert Blue for, for the uh, fighting between him and Brady Bacon and to see him roll out with a bulldozer, a miniature bulldozer out of his trailer at the Kokomo Smackdown was hilarious and priceless at the same time because Brady Bacon came out with a shirt with the Robert Blue blue dozer mm-hmm. and Robert Blue came out with a shirt the same way but with uh, a big plow on the front of his car and just to see him roll that out put it on display have his have it all stickered up like his race car and then to drive it out onto the racetrack for driver intros man that that was freaking funny so i gotta give it to robert that's freaking awesome that's awesome i love it i have not seen the kokomo smackdown yet because i was this last weekend i had all that stuff going on um, yeah, but it's on my it's on my list of stuff to watch here this week. So I'll, I will definitely be looking forward to seeing. That. <laughs> it was freaking hilarious. I was I was laughing so hard that I thought I was going to start crying. That's <laughs> that's awesome. That is awesome. So my goat of the week, I. I got to be honest, I don't even have a name for him. Um, I don't have the name of the gentleman who uh, did it. They, they, I have, I've been trying to find his name and I can't find it, but better seven, four, zero, eight, seven, zero, zero. I think that's the account, his, uh, his better number or his ticket number. Uh, the gentleman who did the four leg parlay on the race at Daytona, he wagered $13 and 49 cents. And he was betting that Cody Ware, BJ McLeod, Landon Castle, and David Reagan, that all four of them would finish in the top 10 at Daytona. So for those of you guys who don't know a par- what a parlay is in gambling, okay, a parlay is essentially stating that all things have to happen. All right. And it, it, think of it in terms of like compounding odds. Okay. So if I want to bet that, uh, a, like for a, a parlay, for example, other than this, right. If you think about it in terms of, um, like let's say the NFL, okay. I'm going to bet that the Dallas Cowboys win their game and that the Atlanta Falcons will lose their game, right? Both of those things have to happen in order for me to win. Now, if both those things happen, my payout increases dramatically, right? So if I were to wager just the Cowboys winning, if I bet $100, right, I would get $95 back. And then if I wager just the Falcons losing and I win, I bet $100, I get $95 back, right? Where 
in terms of a profit, I would get $195 back in terms of a profit, right? So out of those two wagers, I wagered $200 and I made a profit of 190. If I do a parlay, okay, I wager $100 and then I win $300. So I would get $400 back, okay? Like that's, that's in, in general, simple terms, that's what a parlay is. So this dude had to have all four of these drivers had to finish in the top 10. If three out of the four finished in the top 10 and one was 11th, he doesn't get paid. He wagered at all four would finish in the top 10. And these were long shot odds. Cody Ware was 2001, was plus 2000. Okay. David Reagan, plus 950. Landon Castle, plus 1500. BJ McLeod, plus 2000. All right. And when, when you read that, what that means is, is you wager $100. If you win, you get $2,000 back. And he did a parlay on that. And he turned a $13.49 bet into just under a million dollars. So hats off to that dude. <laughs> he is How my crazy goat of be? the week. Yeah, uh, it was insane, man. Um, the fact that he hit that was incredible. And uh, FanDuel Sports put out a thing on Twitter, which was really cool because they had a post that shows the parlay. And it says, uh, you know, this better took $13 in a dream, came out with one of the biggest wins we've ever seen. And then it says our finance department is now in shambles with the laughing emoji on it, which was awesome. You know, it, it, it's cool that they that they are, you know, so, so, so happy about it. I mean, obviously they they're not going to have any problems getting that money back anywhere else. But just to wager that to wager 13 bucks and and get that back on a return. I, I mean, you're essentially winning the lotto. So yeah, hats off to that dude, whatever his name is. I've been trying to find it. Can't find it. And I could understand why he wouldn't want people to know, but yeah, that's uh that was huge. Wonder, so that's my go to the week. Wonder how many people's called him and said, remember we were friends. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. You know, that's why, that's probably why his name's not out there. You know, that's, you see that all the time now with people who win the lotto right the, the it's 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 announced that hey somebody in Arizona hit the powerball but you don't know who it is they you can choose to have your information withheld for just yeah. that reason yeah cuz i can tell you right now when the when the mega millions here in california was up to i think it was a billion dollars just like a month ago um when i bought a ticket i can tell you right now had i hit that nobody would have known that i won <laughs> i can tell you that right now <laughs> would have been a Big kept here. Yeah, you guys would have known I won because I'd be doing my we'd be doing three wide in the middle from a completely different location. <laughs> but, uh, I could try right now all, all the all the random people I've met in my life who'd be showing up trying to trying to act like we're friends. They wouldn't know. Yeah, I, mean, sorry, I think I would I would uh, probably end up quitting my job and then I'd go into hiding. Yeah, I I wouldn't go into hiding. I I had already told my wife. I said. Babe, I hit this just so you know. I'm going racing, so we'll. Well, we'll yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm like, could. I'm just, I'm like, I'm going racing. We'll, we'll get a, a motorhome and a trailer, and we'll travel the country, and we'll go racing. So I'm like, you better, you better learn to love it, because that's what we're gonna do. So, yeah, that was and the I deal. Yeah, we would go racing six months out of the year, and then the other six months we would go where she wanted to go. So that was that was gonna be the deal. So, but unfortunately, that didn't happen. <laughs> Damn it. Yep. But. 
So, you guys, that's going to do it all for this week's show. Um, now, like uh, like I said, I'll be back. We'll be back next week, and then after that, the fifteenth, we won't be here that week. Um, just because, like I said, I got to I got to head up to Washington for for the funeral. But we will be back next week. Um, please continue to like, download, subscribe, all that good stuff. You know, leave us a rating and review. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, we're on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, all of the, anywhere you find your podcasts, we're, we're on it. So, uh, you know, leave us a rating and review, tell us what you think. And then if you want to email the show, ask us a question, comment, whatever you can do. So at ask three wide at gmail.com that's ask the number three wide at gmail.com all one word. So do that. Check us out on the YouTube page, Facebook page, and, uh, yeah, make sure to share it, get it out there and let everybody know. What's going on over here? So, Keith, my man, have a good birthday. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yep, man. Enjoy your weekend. And uh, to all of you out there, have an awesome rest of your week and weekend. And until next time, as always, take care. <laughs>